The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered Patreon-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 24 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. And there's no Molly today. Yes, it's just... It's it's the two H's. The two H's. I, yes. So, um, welcome to the the H one and H two show. Yes, the H cast. <laughs> Have fun telling us apart. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you just heard us laugh at the same time, so that's a good way to tell. <laughs> anyway, today we'll be talking about crafts about things that aren't about crafting, true vintage making, and two things that can make a big mess. Great. We love messes. Uh-oh. <laughs> I hate messes. <clears throat> All right. So. <laughs> so I had one of those events that you dream about when you think of becoming an author when you grow up actually happen this week. I was meeting a new cat sitter for Mr. Big Stuff because we're going to go to my in-laws for Thanksgiving, and this is the first time we have ever left our diabetic cat home. Oh, wow. That's a a big one. Yeah, and so I was a little bit nervous, and I'm sort of nervous around anybody new, so whatever. Relatable. That's fine. (laughs) Um, And so when the cat sitter came up to meet Mr. Big Stuff, the first thing she saw when she, when I opened the door was a stack of improper cross-stitch books. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, wait a minute. You wrote improper cross-stitch? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yes, I did. Do you want one and can I sign it? <laughs> so, um, Please be nice to my diabetic cat. Yes, yes. So she was... So nice and so excited, wow. and she and Mr. Big Stuff also hit it off immediately. Good. That's good. But that was not at all what I was expecting <laughs> out of the first thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think she listens, but if she does, hi Bonnie. Um, hey Bonnie, wait, isn't there new? Hold on, at the end yes. of the episode, yes, they have true, and I had that thought. <laughs> okay, at the end of every episode, we do a shout out for our new Patreon supporters, and this week's happens to be named Bonnie, so I wasn't sure if. <laughs> I don't think so. That would be so, so funny. That that would be delightful. Yeah. Um, and also no pressure, you know. Yeah. Also, <laughs> thanks to potentially one or two Bonnies for being great. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I feel pretty relieved and also kind of delighted that somebody yeah. knew what my book was. Yeah. <laughs> that is really awesome, first of all. I feel like I would be like, yes, I wrote it right here in these 10 square feet. <laughs> Look at my beautiful studio. <laughs> it's 12 square feet. Oh, pardon me. That's that's a big percentage <laughs> difference in size. <laughs> No, I feel like I would I would definitely be like, 
oh my god, for five minutes I'm not going to have imposter syndrome. I'm going to milk this for all it's worth and be insufferable. (laughs) I am unsure if I was. I think it's fine if you were. I was pretty excited, but I don't remember (laughs) anything that happened between that moment and being in the kitchen with Mr. Big Stuff. Yeah, (laughs) because new people. New people are scary. Terrifying. (laughs) So coming up pretty soon, I'm going to have a really big project. And um, also, this episode comes out in December, so that means the holidays are coming. And uh, the level of stress about getting all of the things done all at once, because remember, we're also moving right now, still. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, that. My motivation to organize everything in... My new place, the place that I'm selling, in my studio, in my, like, backlog of work. The motivation, anxiety motivation, is so high right now, it's kind of, like, overwhelming. So I sincerely wish that I could come over and help organize. (laughs) I would be in my element. Yeah, I'm up to my eyeballs in closets that need organizing right now, so this would be your jam. I love a closet. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's my (laughs) that's my boring life right now. (laughs) I think it sounds delightful. Thanks. (laughs) But I'm going on vacation next week. So between Molly being on vacation now and me being on vacation soon, we should be pretty recharged by the time we record the next episode. I'm glad two of us are. (laughs) Two out of three. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not going to sing it, but I want to. Mm -mm. Okay. what? Are you going to talk about today, Haley? Because I am really looking forward to this. Okay. So I'm not <laughs> going to sing you meatloaf lyrics, but I am going to talk about something equally strange and kind of hairy. Um, Gross. <laughs> I don't know. I tried. I mean, I meant hairband hairy. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. You know how a couple episodes ago I took a deep dive into hair work? Yes, I recall. Um, You know, crafting with human hair. Sure. Because what was it you said? All hair is basically made out of... Fiber. Fiber. But it was a specific fiber name that I blanked on. Um, Keratin. Keratin. Thank you. (laughs) So it can't go bad. So you can make very intricate crafts with your own hair that you can keep forever. Just in case you missed that episode. You watch it first. (laughs) Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Because otherwise it will attract moths. And we know how I feel about those. We can't go there today. No, let's leave it. Um, (laughs) If you feel the need to know what we're talking about, just wander back to our archives Mm -hmm. um, to season one. Uh, We call it the moth thing. Yep. It's, It's a thing. It's traumatic. Yes. All right, so hair. Yep. Um, <laughs> another weird thing <laughs> that you too can do with hair is craft with your cat's hair after it's off the cat. Mm hmm. So, back in 2011, when I was writing for my friend Jenny's site, Craft Test Dummies. Mm hmm. I reviewed a peculiar book, and I was really the only one in our group who had any interest in reviewing it, 
But <laughs> so this book is called Crafting with Cat Hair. Yes, it is. And it is by Kaori Sutanya, okay. I believe. Um, it's a Japanese name, and I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it. But it is a book, shockingly enough, about crafting with cat hair. Its subtitle is Cute Handicrafts to Make with Your Cat. Mm. With. The with. Uh Uh-huh. With your cat. Yes. Yes. Not together. Using your craft as a material. Wait, I said craft. I meant cat. Or they could be helping. You don't know. I guess if they've got claws, they could, like, needle felt their little fur. I had a cat with opposable thumbs that worked. Like a full, true Hemingway yeah. cat? Polydactyl. Could- mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, with uh, two fully functional, moving thumbs. So, yes. High five, I guess. Yeah, R.I.P. Pixel Cat. Who's the reason we have locks on our cabinet doors? Um, true story. Okay, so I was pretty excited about crafting with cat hair because I eat a vegan diet. And I have for many years. And at the time, I was not, I was avoiding animal fibers broadly in my work. But cat hair, (laughs) I just throw that away. That yeah. is a self-generating, renewable resource that Truly. does nothing but cover my couch. Yeah. Or any pair of pants. Or just support the vacuum industry in general, in my oh, experience my with goodness. the dog version of this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I decided to take on the task of reviewing this book, Crafting with Cat Hair. And... I will start off with saying it was really fun. Okay. And also super weird. <laughs> and my apartment smelled like wet cat Ugh. for a week. But what can you do? I mean, it smells like wet sheep when you're blocking, so. Yeah. Wet sheep slash citric acid or whatever was involved in the dye process. Yeah. But uh, the thing for me, like I have a chow mix so mm-hmm. they're a really hairy dog, and they yep. lose a lot of hair. And I'm also a fiber artist, so, like, the quantity of junk that I vacuum off my floor is significant every day. Oh, but yeah. I remember some news story about a guy who made, like, two different sweaters with his, like, Samoyed, so, like, basically a giant wife, white fluffy dog. Yeah. He made, like, two different sweaters with this dog's fur, and they looked cool. They looked like any other sweater made with animal fiber. But even when my dogs are fresh from the groomer and, like, perfumed, which I think is weird, but that's a whole separate tangent I could go on. Um, Every time their fur gets wet, it smells like a wet dog. Every time, no matter what I do to it. And that's why I'm like, I just don't think I need to wear that more than I am forced to just by having dogs that I love and pet. I mean, I I assume that's a, an, a skin oil sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. lanolin. Like lanolin, sheep. yeah. But I don't know. I'm just guessing. So I would like to get us in the mood. I would like to (laughs) read the description 
from sure. the Random House website, which a big publisher for that cat hair book. Right. Um, I mean, it was sort of at the heyday of bizarro craft books. Mm-hmm. Um, I really am tempted to say hair day. Oh, wait, I just did. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> okay. So, got fur balls? Oh, I don't. Are your favorite sweaters covered with cat hair? Do you love to make quirky and one-of-a-kind crafting projects? If so, then it's time to throw away your lint roller and curl up with your kitty. Crafting with cat hair shows readers how to transform stray clumps of fur into soft and adorable handicrafts. Just pausing for a moment to say, no, they were not soft. (laughs) Um, (laughs) From kitty tote bags and finger puppets to fluffy cat toys, picture frames, and more... These projects are cat-friendly, eco-friendly, and require no special equipment or training. You can make the most of these, or you can make most of these projects in under an hour with a little help, of course, from your feline friends. Uh, All right. I mean, I get, I get why people want to do this, and especially with a deceased pet, it might be a really nice way to memorialize them. I just but you don't want know. The hair fresh from the cat. Yeah, thing like much like hair work in people, or <laughs> hair work in, or processing sheep wool. Like you want freshly shorn. You yeah. don't want like leftover detritus. And so, my beloved and departed Simon Cat. R.I.P. R.I.P. Simon, who died just a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Oh, no, no, I'm going to cry about it. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to not. Although I'm staring at a picture of him right now. Oh, no. Because I'm looking at this review. Okay. All right. So, um, so Simon, who did not enjoy being brushed and was also one of the crankier cats on the planet. No. Was an unwilling participant. In this particular project. Mm-hmm. But I brushed the cat and then I made a cat finger puppet that looked like my cat out of my cat's fur. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that happened. Sure did. Yep. And yeah, there there were learning how to wet felt cat hair was really interesting adventure and i i feel like you kind of need felting skills mm-hmm. going into this book even though it says you don't really need anything special i think those skills would help mm-hmm. um i believe i also made a pin cushion with okay. cat fur felted yeah. needle felted onto it it was a thing I, okay, I will say, even though I was like, uh, I don't know about this for for me, I still yes. don't think I would do it. But I will say, for people who are really into fiber, and they enjoy spinning, and they find like the like, science and craft of interacting with fiber and making fiber into a usable thing like a yarn or whatever... I don't want to disrespect the fact that like it's interest that is interesting to work with a different fiber because they act so differently... 
it was really interesting. And I think that was like once I sort of got over that it was cat hair. Right. Um, which just initially like I'm weird and even that seemed a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. Um but once I got over that initial ugh, like it was really interesting because Simon has ex- had extremely fine soft hair. Mm-hmm. And so I think it wouldn't have been much different than working with like an angora rabbit. Right. Or something like that. And like we don't think that's bizarre, but they're about the same size and same shape. And also the thing with working with wool is it's just wool yarn is something that you interact with all the time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's still sheep fur. Yeah. And sheep stink a yes. lot. They certainly do. And so, I don't know. It, I think that if you would like to take our exploration into <laughs> hair-related crafting, another step, the book is still available. It is... Interestingly enough, a number one bestseller in mm-hmm. felting on Amazon. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. And even if you don't actually make anything with it, it's a very delightfully weird sort of gift idea or mm-hmm. something for your favorite cat-loving crafter, which is many of them. Yes, that's true. So, anyway, I like. I really thought it was going to be more strange than it ended up feeling once Mm -hmm. I got involved in the actual making process. Yeah. The cover I remembered being very cute and very sweet, and it certainly is that. Yeah. And that's the project I made. The cover project. It's a little cat finger puppet, and there's a cat smelling it, which is very cute. And that absolutely happened. Yeah. Simon smelled that thing constantly. (laughs) Because it smelled like him, and he was like, what is this nonsense? And so, yeah, like in the same way that cats often try to ingest the fur you have just brushed off of them because reasons, cat reasons, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Simon would have eaten this if I had left it lying about. Sure. But I, and I'm sad that I don't have it anymore. I can't remember if it uh, fell during the mothing. Oh, but those moths. It may have predeceased. Yeah. The rest of my fiber and fabric stash. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I feel like a finger puppet is not a bridge too far for anyone if they're genuinely curious about working with their pet's fiber. Because it's just felting mm-hmm. a little piece and sewing it together, I assume, right? Yeah, it was wet felting mm-hmm. and it was interesting. Yeah. And way more. I don't know. It, I think that the fibers with my very, very fine-haired cat mm-hmm. locked way faster than any other fiber that I've worked with. Okay. I don't think that Mr. Big Stuff's hair would felt up that quickly, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's it's interesting just to feel the difference. Yeah. Huh. And, I mean, it is kind of cute once you get over the ick factor. Yeah. So. And I could see it being a really sweet, like, memory-keeping thing, like, now that my dogs are going to be, like, 13 and 15 this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'll go from, sounds kind of gross and automatically no to worth a try, based yeah. on your description. 
<laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's better than I expected. <laughs> yeah. So I lately have cast on yet another vintage sweater because I apparently cannot stop myself at this point. <laughs> because they look so good on you. And they're so cute. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, I've said it before, but you are my number one friend who can relate to this as a maker, but also as a similarly petite and voluptuous woman. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to describe that. It's just the fit on Very vintage. Tactful. Yeah. The fit on vintage sweaters is just so much more suited to my body type than a lot of contemporary fit. Um, and almost all the patterns are free if you can mm-hmm. find a decent source for them. Thanks, um, bullet bras. Yeah, by the seriously. Way. And <laughs> and I don't know. I just like them, and they work up really fast because I do have a petite torso. Which shout out to the ladies at my craft night who are like, "You finished another sweater?" I was like, "Yeah," because my rib cage is the size of a bird's house. So <laughs> same. <laughs> it's nice for cranking these out. So don't be too impressed by the quantity of output. I'll just say that. <laughs> But, but I they need- are really, really cute. <laughs> Thanks. I actually, I think I need to start um, casting on fewer new projects because I just get into them and just want to like completely crank out all the knitting until it's done. And I feel like that's not necessarily the most sustainable way of producing knitwear. Anyway, I digress, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that. <laughs> But so all this to say is the current sweater that I'm working on right now, actually, is this is the first time I will have knit a vintage sweater from a vintage pattern using the originally intended vintage yarn. So that's that's, cool. I I feel like it's really cool. Um, Thanks to eBay (laughs) and um, various antique stores. I um, sorry, I just ran over my long tail. Um, so thanks to eBay. <laughs> yarn. Yeah. Um, yeah, not my own. I'm not a cat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we forgot to tell you. But, um, yeah, so thanks to eBay, I was able to get a lot of six skeins of this yarn that's from a company that's called Columbia Minerva. It's a yarn company that is now defunct. And they made this... Columbia Minerva? Yeah, just like... like, As in, go team goddesses. Yeah, totally. And so the whole brand is just called Columbia Minerva. And then the specific yarn I got is called Knitting Worsted. Not like, fantabulous wool yarn. It's literally just called Knitting Worsted because this is from the early 60s. And people just named things what they are. Go figure. Old Sears catalogs make me so happy. Yeah. Because I'm just like, yep. That is exactly what that is. Yep. Thank you. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I have six skeins of this yarn that is 100% virgin wool, according to the label, washable colors, and permanently (laughs) moth-proofed. So... What, pray tell... I don't know. ...chemical is in that It sure feels chemically to the touch, I'll tell you that much. So I don't know if this is like basically um, proto superwash. I assume this is 100% wool that's just soaked in plastic at some point. But 100% moth proofed or 100% virgin wool permanently moth proofed is what it says on the label. So guarantee Columbia Minerva yarns are guaranteed against manufacturing defects. <laughs> I would just like to say they better be since... 
Minerva is the Roman goddess of wisdom, mm-hmm. and Columbia is obviously <laughs> a goddess-ish of liberty. Mm-hmm. Well, like <laughs> I don't know. I'm adjacent. I'm just so here for this. Like, and on the label, it even says, "Use fabulous wool care, the cold water wool soap for perfect washing results." And it's wool care with a K. So I, I'm here for this this yarn. Like this yarn was designed to ad- still be wool, but address the needs of a knitter in 1960. I just I'm in. I'm here for that. I anyway, I'm so curious about the permanently moth proof. Yeah, I am too. While you Google that, I'll just talk about <laughs> the pattern. <laughs> you know that I'm that I know. Up, I can hear your keys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, listeners, sorry. This is what happens oh. when you get team h in the house without molly to keep us on track um sorry so the booklet that i'm working from i found this magazine called teach yourself to knit the easier the easy columbia minerva way book 744 list price 75 cents <laughs> and on the cover there's um what's supposed to be a mother and daughter standing or sitting back to back both knitting at the same time so I think the idea is that you're supposed to be able to buy this book and like teach your child to knit with you. And then it comes with all these patterns specifically for Columbia Minerva yarns. Cool. And the pattern that I am knitting is simply called Garter Stitch Cardigan. Um, pattern number 70, 744-30. And I mean, it is what it says it is. A plain seamed garter stitch cardigan. Oh, yes. I... I love that. It's kind of, it, and it's definitely of the 60s. Like, it it hits right at your upper hip. Um, and it's just garter stitch all over. And then the for the finishing, you hand seam um, a rolled hem at the collar, cuffs, and hem of the sweater. And then you do, I think, six buttons. But it's I'm excited because I think I'll be able to finish this thing while on vacation, other than maybe the buttons, because it's worsted weight. And I'm just so excited to actually be working from a vintage pattern in its originally intended yarn. It's No, that is... It's cool. That's delightful. I had to, and all the sizing, I had to use vintage sizing. Um, and I, in the show notes, I, I am sure I've linked this in past episodes where I've talked about making vintage sweaters, but there's a really good sizing chart so you can compare your contemporary size to what your vintage size equivalent is. Because um, I think I'm like an 8... Or a 10 in contemporary sizes and a 14, 16 in vintage, depending on the pattern. Yep. So I'll link to that stuff because it's a really useful resource. And beyond saying that I'm doing this thing, that's mostly the topic I have. But if anybody has any questions or anything about working with a vintage pattern, they can shoot me an email as well through the podcast. I have information. Yay! Tell me. I'm so excited. It's probably giving me a disease as I work on this, but go for it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> moth-proofed wool oh, yarns are made by adding mitten FF, M-I-T-I-N-F-F, which is so sulfuron sodium. Sounds uh, very 1960 as far as chemical names. <laughs> and it's pretty regularly listed next to DDT with um, pesticides. Oh, crap. Am I not going to be able to wear this thing? Um, uh, it has, 
has been shown. Are you ruining my project while I'm casting on the first sleeve, you monster? <laughs> shown according to the EPA fact sheet Crap. for it to be a known neurotoxin. <laughs> Dermal um, skin contact studies have shown urethmia and necrosis in test animals. Is that is that if if that is, is that if like I was dipped in a vat of this, or should I genuinely put down the knitting right now? Okay, I, I, and have I'm my project that. ruined because this yarn is in incredible shape for yeah. being dead stock from 1958 or whatever. It's also been known to cause altered sleep time. <laughs> um, okay, so... This is terrible news. <laughs> and I'm getting this information from, well, both the EPA fact sheet and from a website called Knitting the Natural Way. This is, um, I am not Knitting the Natural Way. Which also does reference the EPA fact sheet. <sighs> um... And it says, quote, though the consumption through yarn is minimal compared to working with the raw pesticide, you have to consider what effects working with and wearing yarns coated in even a very low dose of neurotoxins might have. And what about the... Never mind. I, I'm going to not continue <laughs> a- along. Um... There haven't been many moth-proof hand-knitting yards available, which is interesting. Maybe because Um, they're killing us. I'm being killed in real time. And moth-proofed yarns are used mostly for items like rugs. Mm, Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. (sighs) Maybe I'll have to latch hook with this yarn after I finish the sweater and then tear it apart because I'll never be able to wear it. Dang it! I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, but there are moth-proof wool currently, or there is moth-proof wool currently manufactured by the Brown Sheep Company. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Which are moth-proof with non-insecticide, mm-hmm. uh, E. colon, E. colon, E. colon, <laughs> C-E-A, which is much safer than Mitten F.F., well, listeners, this episode has turned into a cautionary tale <laughs> about why you need to research in vintage yarn. <laughs> I don't know that that is what it's moth-proofed with. That's just a common moth-proofing agent. Ugh. And I'm very sorry that I went down this <laughs> rabbit hole. No, it's for the best, because I haven't been working with this yarn that long, and now I know to, to see if I can find any information on this. Dang. Well, we can't just, I know, I mean, it's certainly coated in plastic based on how it feels in my hands. Um, but so is superwash wool. Yeah. And so I, it's one of those things where. I'm not going to like suck on it. No. And you're probably also not going to wear it without a shirt underneath. Oh, most certainly not. And so. Maybe I'll line it. I was thinking about lining it anyway, since I think this is going to be a little big in the waist. Yeah. Well, then I would do that. Like, I don't, I think that the EPA has to be pretty wound up about it. (laughs) And I mean, yes, it's a neurotoxin, but so are many, many, many things Mm -hmm. that we encounter every day. So I'm not sure comparatively 
what the risk really is. Maybe after this, I'll do something really healthy and sit down and look up Mitten FF and this yarn, and then look up the rates of level in Chicago's water system. That sounds like a really good way to, to spend my time and feel good about. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> everything I'm doing in my life <laughs> would probably ease your mind or horrify you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Neurotoxins aside, I think this sweater's yeah, really I'm cute. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean. To, I was just curious. <laughs> oh. Now I just am worried the listeners are gonna listeners are gonna think I'm a big dum dum. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I had never heard of it, and, <laughs> and neither had you. Yeah. And we're professional crafters. That's a fair point. So, I mean. And I think that if listeners who have inherited antique stashes from, like, grandparents or older aunts or anything like that, like, that might be something that you should check for if mm-hmm. you're making something for, like, a baby. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known to look mm-hmm. until five minutes ago. <laughs> so... So I'm not a dum-dum. No. I, I just was so excited about getting a whole sweater quantity of vintage yarn all at Ugh, once. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel so awful. Don't feel awful. I think oh. it's actually really, really funny. And it's, um, of course, that's how I would find out about this is from you. Because <laughs> it's moth-related and chemistry-related. I'm so good at raining on parades. Hey, I wouldn't want to be rained on while wearing this sweater now. And I wouldn't have known. That is true. See what I'm saying? Well, it's sort of like uh, cyanide dyes. Yeah. Probably fine until you start sweating. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you wow. go. Wow. Anyway. There you go. So <laughs> yes. I, this would have been a great example of craft as I say, not as I do, which was our most recent Patreon-only episode topic, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, do craft as I say, not as I do. We'll see how I'm doing <laughs> after I finish this sweater. Maybe just put on some nitrile gloves. Yeah, that might be that might be smart. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> Alright, so I am a big listener to many, many, many podcasts. Um, this is Haley, by the way. <clears throat> so if you want to yell at anybody, you can yell at me. <laughs> um and I am specifically very into true crime and paranormal podcasts, which will probably not shock any of you who have listened (laughs) for any amount of time as my dad ran a crime lab and I see ghosts. So Mm -hmm. it is a thing. Um, So when listening to a couple of the bigger podcasts that I listen to regularly... They often talk about gifts they have received from listeners that are definitely craft projects. Like that someone is taking the time to skillfully design and execute and send as, as gifts. And so that sort of started me on a rabbit hole through Etsy cross-stitch patterns because... Mm-hmm. I write cross-stitch books about crafts that are about podcasts that are not about crafting. Okay. And so 
I have found many, many patterns for two of my favorite podcasts, which are My Favorite Murder and The Last Podcast on the Left. Both of which I have heard of. Those are like two really big podcasts. I've never listened to them, but I have multiple friends who are like, why aren't you listening to this? You do crafts all day. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I love them. Yeah. And so my favorite murder listeners who are called murderinos have a subgroup of that fandom called crafterinos. Cute. And they are an actual organized group of crafters who are also murderinos. And I think that is utterly delightful. Mm -hmm. I am not amongst their ranks. I don't remember what their requirements are, but I do not meet them. It might be Etsy shops or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, gotcha. But um, so there are so many great patterns about inside jokes and catchphrases and things that... If you were also a fan and you saw it when you entered someone's home, you would immediately know exactly where it came from and what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so, like, um, the My Favorite Murder sign-off is stay sexy and don't get murdered. (laughs) Right? And so there are many, many, many variations of SSDGM all over the crafty internet and especially cross-stitch patterns. And there's also one that I particularly like that is, um, you're in a cult, call your dad. (laughs) (laughs) And so there are, like, they are so delightful, but also so enthusiastically and specifically geeky Mm -hmm. that they... It makes complete sense that fandoms would extend to crafters because the utter enthusiastic geekery exists in both. Yeah. And so um, there are also some pretty great ones that I found for Welcome to Night Vale, which is another podcast that I love, and the podcast And That's Why We Drink. Um, So I was just enjoying taking that little wander through. But then I got to thinking there are, like, it exists anywhere there's a fandom. Mm -hmm. And so I've personally designed more than one pattern that was inspired by either a beloved book or a literary character. Mm -hmm. Like, the squad goals pattern from Improper Cross Stitch, which has, well... A lot of the ladies who you, the literary ladies who you would want in your corner. Sure. Um, And yeah, so it just got me to thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And the million and 37 TARDIS related crafts that I have made. I've even done, I I have even done one. I have done a TARDIS craft. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so anyway, I just, I think that it, it's just a delight to me that people who are so in love with something are inspired to create by it. Yeah. And so, like, your <laughs> hamster sweaters. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Episode can't go by without talking about hamster sweaters. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
this, the hamster sweaters are a funny one because they started out as a, just like a Harry Potter sweater for the blog. And then um, my lo- one of my local yarn shops, Firefly Fiber Arts, did a fandom fibers box. Sorry, I think I've told this story before on the podcast. <clears throat> but long story short, they really like my mini sweaters. And so they've had and me they're do... they're ornaments, right? Um, they, can, they can be ornaments. They also fit on um, glass beer bottles. Um, oh, cool. As a cozy, koozie, whatever you want to call it, um, depending on if you're in the oh, south. Oh, cozy, yeah, definitely cozy. But my husband's Fight from, me. yeah, my <laughs> husband's you, from the obviously. south, and he—they're yeah. always saying koozie. Like my sister-in-law had koozies at her wedding, but I've always said cozy. Yeah. Anyway, um, go team Midwest. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this podcast is obviously a Midwestern podcast. So, anyway, um, yeah. but yes, yeah, so there's hair. There's a couple Harry Potter. There's Star Trek, Star Wars. Uh, X Files, Doctor Who. I think there's like seven or eight now because they're just they're oh, they're just X-Files, a quick. X Files. That's one I didn't look for. That that's the newer mm-hmm. one. But anyway, yeah, doing crafts inspired by fandoms is awesome. Even in high school, I did. I made an entire Hobbit cloak one spring. Yes, I have one too. Because <laughs> Lord of the Rings was very much happening during my high school years. <laughs> my uh my senior prom dress had. Well, it it was very elven mm-hmm. and had the full cloak. It was a thing. Yeah. I guess that would um, count as like my first cosplay that I ever did, even though my, I'm not a serious cosplayer by any stretch of the imagination. I just think making costumes is fun. Yeah, I feel like being gothy was sort of yeah. the whole run of, of cosplay. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. So there are also amazing examples of... Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Like, just cute, like, full cast, like, full tiny cast lineups. Twin Peaks, because it has so many very, very, very in-jokes. Yeah. And I just, I love that. And I think it's really fun. And I'm going to link to some of the examples that I especially liked in the show notes mm-hmm. because I feel like geeky crafters and geeky fandoms should overlap absolutely even more. I feel like yes. I feel like there could be an actual like Venn diagram generator that's like crafter, geek, and some other interest area that's related. Dungeons and Dragons? Something like that, yeah. And then you just see what percentage of overlap you have in each section of the Venn diagram. Because I think there's very much an overlap that a lot of... I mean, crafters, geeks, and cosplayers. Yeah. That's... There you go. That's the the obvious Venn diagram. There you go. That's it. They're almost overlapping. Mm -hmm. But I find it's so funny, though, sometimes when you're, like, at Comic-Con or at uh, one of the conferences or meetups for, like geeks or crafters and it's funny where these groups of people actually have a fair amount in common mm-hmm. but there's always this like weird like glee er, this weird like geek head like head um what, what is it headbutting headbutting thank you i'm having trouble with words today yeah headbutting <laughs> was what i was trying to think of thank you but there's this like weird headbutting when people have just enough in common but they're just enough from a different fandom and people get very like territorial Oh, yeah. And I, well, we all know that I'm a robot, so I do not understand (laughs) those things. But 
Like, no. <laughs> Embrace other people's yes. enthusiasm. Live in the because, overlap of the Venn diagram. Because it's so good also, to be so excited about something. My thing, I want everybody to be excited about something. I would actually love to find a regular, like, cosplay meetup group in Chicago where, the, like, it's the kind of cosplayers who are doing, like, casts and molds. And other things like that. Oh, yeah. And then perhaps they have a needlecraft part of their costume that they don't know what they're doing. And I feel like that would be a very cool, like, space to idea share creatively. Oh, yeah. There's a really neat um, Jedi group. Ah, awesome. In, uh, in New York that does fully choreographed battles. Dang. And they are so good yeah but there's a costuming aspect to that and i don't remember how i don't remember anything about how i found out about them or why i have seen it Mm -hmm. i expect that it was in my 20s and that i was having too much fun at the local (laughs) doctor who themed bar that is what i'm guessing was happening but i got into this really long conversation about like making different molds just like you were talking about and they were looking for someone who could sew yeah and i of course promptly did not follow up because (laughs) me yeah um but like star wars is one of my fandoms Mm -hmm. and oh they are just they're the the kind of group that performs at Comic-Con and everybody stands back and videos and yeah. then it goes viral. Yeah. They're so cool. That is cool. Yeah. And the skill yep. that goes along with crafting that both persona and choreography and costuming is really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. The um, One of my favorite things every year is I feel like I'm kind of a like... I don't know what the word is for it. Um, the neurotoxins in my yarn must be affecting my ability to come up with words today. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to tell you about the neurotoxins. No, it's better than I know. <laughs> so I'm not like wearing it and then realize that I've worn this sweater and gotten brain damaged by accident. Anyway, my the whole point I'm trying to get to here <laughs> is that at, I really love watching um, the crown championships of cosplay that they have at Um, C2E2, the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo every year, because they have international cosplaying contestants up against each other. So it's like the winner of like Japan Comic Con. We're talking about Japan so much today. Um, They do good crafts. (laughs) They do do very good crafts. Thanks, Japan. Yeah, exactly. And um, like people from like New York Comic Con and all over the world are are all at um, Chicago for this crown championship thing. And so, first of all, it's some of the best of the best of the best competing for real money and prizes. Like, we're talking, like, fully functional Iron Man costumes where, like, the suit moves, stuff like that. But what I like is watching the Needlecraft-specific, like, sub-competition category of the local people. Because there are people who come because it's one of the biggest cons in the country. I mean, it's not San Diego, but it's still pretty big. And the Needlecraft people are my favorite the only problem is that when you watch the free live stream online, you really cannot see the detail. And so if you're ever at a Comic-Con and you're into Needlecrafts, try to find the Needlecraft-specific category of the cosplay competition. Because you're finding people who have, like, not only hand-boned a corset, 
They've also done like hand embroidery on silk for like five years for their costume that they're showing. It's so beautiful. And like the great thing about cosplay is when else would you ever make that other than for yourself? Like we're getting to see such intricate work because cosplay has gotten so big. And I think that's actually a really good point. Um, Because I think maybe what I like most about crafts inspired by podcasts and fandoms Mm -hmm. is that there isn't any other reason to make them other than the fact that you want them or you want to share them with someone else who also loves the thing that you love. A hundred percent. They don't do anything other than make you happy. Exactly. And I'm super terrible at making things just to make a thing that brings me joy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think that that is the part that makes me most excited about it, and I hadn't even thought about it until you just said that. Yeah. I actually started, I joined a private Facebook group after Comic-Con this year, um, and it's a women-only cosplay community, mm-hmm. and it's nice because it's super supportive, and it's like a vetted community, so if anybody gets like trollish, they're out. Um And it's very body positive as well. And there's a lot of threads that are just like, hey, I have really bad anxiety and I've never done art in public before, but cosplay is how I'm coping with my my issue. And it's really sweet that they're being open about this. And then they're usually sharing like a screenshot of posting something on Instagram and being like body shamed. And so it's really nice because it's a community that rallies around its own and helps to like keep anti-woman trolling in the geek community at bay yeah um, and it's and also I love that and it's also really empowering and i just it's it's a nice space to spend time in online you know yeah definitely anyway yeah, i'm in a private sewing community that's also like that and the moment anyone mm-hmm. s- starts being mean to anyone yeah they're gone yeah totally because if you don't like or don't agree with something, just don't yeah. say any. You don't need to engage. Right, exactly. And um, yeah, so that's that's so great. I love I love spaces where women are carving out areas in the fandom that they're claiming as their own, mm-hmm. um, whatever fandom it is. Yeah, and crafting is often a huge part of that. Yeah, and that that's stereotypical but it's also true well and i've seen in my limited exposure to the cosplay community because Mm -hmm. it is part of the geek community and there's a lot there oh my god i'm trying to not say too much because i'm terrified somebody's gonna like come after us for talking about the geek culture but i talked about cosplay (laughs) yeah already so whatever i'll deal with it if some drama happens (laughs) hi we love fandoms yeah um yes but (laughs) sorry um but it's just I feel like especially in the cosplay community, a safe space for women is needed more than in other crafting places that I've spent time in personally. Um, And I think it's really cool, too, because, like, I've gone to a lot of panels at Comic-Cons on cosplay and construction because I find it completely fascinating. Mm -hmm. And what I found when I talk to just women in those spaces is the mansplaining of how to do a craft to a girl is very real 
in that community, from what I understand. Oi. <laughs> and not wanting to start some drama, but, like, that's Which bogus. Is, <laughs> not all girls know how to craft, but a lot more... On average. Women know how to <laughs> make things by hand, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, in that area mm-hmm. than men. Yeah. Anyway. Oi. Of course, of course, since it's you and I, this has been a very tangenty episode of the Very Serious Pod- Crafts Podcast, but... Yes. Welcome to our brains. Yep. That's what you get when the two H brains are together. <laughs> it's true. We. I don't think it's ever been just us two. I, the first episode was you and Molly yep. before I joined, and... I think you and I have maybe done one in season one, but I cannot remember. I can't remember anything. Yeah. And it's not the neurotoxins. <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> oh, I, I can't really I can't sorry. wait to hear people's hot takes on this <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. What I want to know yes. is and, and this is a sincere question. Mm-hmm. If you, if one, like for the audience, mm-hmm. if one, no, if you, yeah. <laughs> oh, me personally, <laughs> no, the audience, okay, you, the audience, okay, if you, the audience, are an enthusiast of making yeah. vintage projects with vintage materials, <laughs> because vintage fabrics is also a big thing in like quilting and dressmaking mm-hmm. like that's it's a thing or upholstery even um how much are you worried about what's in them yeah like how much do you think about that and have you ever had a problem sure like has it ever done anything bad um or not bad although <laughs> i sort of i don't think it's gonna like turn you into who. A superhero or <laughs> wings or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. What if I was Columbia Minerva after the neurotoxins got to my brain? That could be my name. I would be into it. That would be a really good superhero name, you guys. And what cooler origin story for Columbia Minerva than getting superpowers from knitting a sweater? The costume would be amazing. I mean... it. It is very American, and Colombia <laughs> is sort of the American answer to a goddess. True. So, I, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm gonna design an original cosplay character right now with all the time I have. <laughs> that would be so fun, though. I know. Now it's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe maybe we should wrap up this podcast. And I should go wash my hands. <laughs> Okay, I mean, yes, that too. Um, yeah, don't touch your face. I won't. Okay. Take it away, Haley. <laughs> Before we officially sign off, we want to give a shout out to some serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Bonnie, who is our newest supporter, mm-hmm. and thanks to everyone else who supports us on Patreon. Yay! Thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Yeah, you can. Yes, totally. (laughs) 
And finally, <laughs> if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Woo! Yay! Podcasts! Huzzah! <laughs> I, I feel like we should sign off with maybe don't run with scissors and don't craft with neurotoxins. That's good advice. I feel like we need a sign-off, actually. I think so, too. Don't run with scissors and don't knit with neurotoxins. There you go. That's all you need to know to be a very serious crafter. Indeed. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.